before we get too far into this podcast, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Pulp 22 is the code to save with Racetech. They can help you out. Get your motor work done. Get suspension work done. They made their name in suspension. It's like 40 years they've been doing suspension work. Motor work just about as long. Pulp 22 is the code to save. Show your bike some love, and it'll love you back. Thank you to uh, Racetech. Also, people... Don't forget, man, if you love podcasts and you love um, listening to some of the old timers and, and you wonder if I've done more, uh, you can go back into the archives and search it out. There's Steve Mathis Archives, Steve Mathis Classics, Volume 1, 2, and 3. So search Steve Mathis on your favorite podcast uh, provider, and uh, that'll be uh, an easy way to find out. I've done so many interviews. The, ca- the catalog was getting too large for all of Apple. So, uh, yeah, please check it out. Search a name. If there's some rider that you uh, want to hear from, uh, just search his name. Also, it should come up with that way as well. So just want to promote the other podcast feeds that I have. I have uh, Steve Mathis Classics Volume 1, 2, and 3 on uh, on iTunes as well. So please uh, go back and listen to those. Those stories don't change. Those interviews don't change. Still epic, right? So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's talk some uh, Stark, shall we? A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Anton Wass. He is the owner of Stark Motorcycles, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about the uh, launch and how things are going and what's been the news and the buzz since the uh, Stark Vage, uh, Varg, I should say, Stark Varg, uh, dropped on all of us, man. Looks great. Um, really, really lots to uh, talk about when it comes to this. Thank you to Fly Racing. Again, go to motorsport.com. Check out Fly Racing and the latest and greatest things that they've got going on with Justin Brayton and McElrath and Savachi and Anstey and more wearing Fly Racing stuff out there. Of course, Zach Osborne, retired but still racing uh, in the Fly Racing stuff. The Formula helmet is amazing. Uh, they've got a Formula CP helmet this year as well. Same great safety features. A little different shell for a little bit different price. Thank you to Fly Racing for all that they do. They've got a style. They've got a design that suits you. So check out flyracing.com, please, and thank you. Thank you as well to Rental, uh, Factory Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, Red Bull KTM, et cetera, et cetera, using Rental for all these years. Sprockets, chains, uh, great chains uh, those guys have. Uh, sprockets, bars, 7 eighths bars, oversized bar, crossbarless bar, Fat Bar 36, they're super proud of as well. Rental.com for more information uh, on there, and they've got a really cool bar chart on there. So that works out really good. Thank you to Maxxis Tires as well, SGB Maxxis team with Cade and A-Ray. And, uh, dude, they've got some good 250 guys, and they're all going to be running 
Max's Tires, developed by uh, Jeremy McGrath. The MXSTs are out, and please check them out. If you haven't thought about Max's for a while for a performance tire for your motorcycle, well, give them a ch- give them a, give them a uh, uh, check out. I don't know if that makes sense, but give them a give them a look. Great mountain bike tires too uh, over there at Maxis Maxis.com. Also, thanks to Cobalinks. Thank you to Motorsport.com. We'll tell you about more about them later, but uh, they're on board as well. So, thank you to the partners for this podcast. Thank you, people, for listening. Let's get into uh, Anton Wass from Stark Motorcycles. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. The man who's uh, kind of setting the industry abuzz uh, a few months ago with the release of the Stark electric motorcycle Varg. Uh, I am stoked to have Anton Wass on the uh, line. Anton, thank you for doing this, and uh, congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, yeah, again, great job of keeping this thing quiet uh, when Ben... The PR guy for you emailed me uh, about this, and and you dropped this a few months ago. I didn't know anything about it. So good job on keeping it quiet. But now it's out, and what has been the response? What have you heard? What have you been doing? What's it been like for you guys? And I know the website crashed for a little bit, (laughs) um, which is a good thing, I think. So what's it been like? I mean, it's been crazy. We had very high expectations on you know, since we had a few patents uh, pending, we wanted to keep everything confidential until we know that everything was filed and so on. So uh, we have signed a few hundred NDAs. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully enough, everyone actually kept it quiet. So, you know, they were very grateful for that. And it was just, you know, amazing to see the reaction all over the world when we finally was able to show the bike. So, uh, yeah, it feels fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the response has been tremendous. Have sales have been what you expected, or, or I guess maybe more than what you expected? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first day we uh, we sold 800 bikes, and uh, I think now six weeks in, we have 5,000 orders or so, so it's just incredible, and we have, one, we have more than 600 dealer requests, so uh, mm-hmm. it's much more than we expected, and uh, I believe that if you look back for the last six weeks, this is probably the best-selling motocross bike in the world. I would think so, right? When you say 5,000 units, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, the Motorcycle Industry Council releases some numbers, but, yeah, that's pretty good for, for a single unit, for a single motorcycle in the off-road yeah, market. I mean, in, in yeah. six weeks, at least, yeah, you know, yeah, so we exactly. have uh, more time. Yeah, no, exactly. That's awesome. It's it's uh, It looks really neat. It's got some really cool innovations on it. Uh, April 2023 is uh, what the website is saying. Are you looking that that's that's an attainable goal to deliver these motorcycles? So, I mean, we're moving the, the delivery date uh, all the time. So okay. as soon as we, so we have a production plan, so as soon as we fill you know, a production batch, we move the date. So uh, mm-hmm. this is the current date. So if you order today, that's when you should expect to receive it. And uh, if you wait uh, you know, a couple of weeks, it's probably going to be a couple of months later. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, has, anything, so, yeah. has anything surprised you from the pre-orders? Um, you know, there's different horsepowers you can pick, different colors you could pick. Uh, you can set the bike up for yourself. Looking through the orders and, and seeing what people are wanting and what people are putting their money down for, anything surprising to you? Uh, no, it's just, you know, it's very interesting. Since we had the handbrake option, that is, it was a big discussion internally, mm-hmm. you know, how many people are going to choose that. And it's it's basically 50-50. So there's a lot of people that is interesting in, you know, trying to break with your left hand instead of your right foot. (laughs) So I think that's actually, for me, that's one of the biggest advantages. I never really learned to use the foot brake properly. So I I ride four stroke and uh, 
I mainly use the engine braking uh, because, you know, for me, it's so difficult through the motocross boots to either lock it or I don't use it. That's basically the owner of. 50-50, though. It's so yeah. easy. 50-50? Yeah, 50-50. Wow. Yeah, what would you choose? Oh, I'd choose the foot for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's just how you grow up, right? That's just how it is. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, that, that's cool, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about color? Cool. What about color? Red? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, red is the biggest color. I think that's about 40%. And then, um, I mean, the forest gray is not so far behind. I mm -hmm. believe it's 30% or so. And uh, then white is the least popular option. But yeah. uh, I'm also quite surprised about split, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. Now, what um, since you released the bike and since you dropped the news, what has been maybe, um, I, I guess... The, what do you hear from the other side? The, the you know we we did this at RacerX Online and, and I and I had Eric Pernard in studio and he was talking about it and our YouTube comments. I mean there are just some people that just you know they just don't want to hear about electric motorcycle. I'm not one of them, and I think it's the future and I see great things from this. What do you hear from people who are against this, or what do you hear from people who aren't a believer in, in the Stark? Um, do you do you try to talk to these people? Do you try to convince them? I imagine it's a little bit like everything in the world where it's political, where you just don't like it, you just don't want to listen to reason or, or you know, all of that stuff. But what what do you come up against as far as opposition? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're not taking it so serious. I mean, they're, they're quite fun. I mean, so, some of the comments <laughs> are quite hilarious. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, you know, that's gay. Well, okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, what, 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 you or, know, what uh, do you want to say, right? Or, you know, two-stroke two for life. Yeah, I mean... Okay, so, so I mean, it's, but I mean, there's there are some hilarious comments, and we're, but you know, we're also listening to it. So, I mean, there's, you know, of course, but but I believe we've had a qu quite a few people that were a bit skeptic that came to the test track mm -hmm. and uh, and actually rode a bike, and uh, so far we have able to turn turn everyone around by yeah. trying it. So I think you know that's really what's going to happen, and I can understand you know it's it's quite different. So if you're so used to you know, thinking about a two-stroke or four-stroke motor, and here, you know, there's no no gears, no clutch, um, no well, very yeah. low noise. Yeah, it's quite it's quite different. But everyone so far, even the ones that were like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, and then we kind of like convinced them, like, come on, you should try this. And mm -hmm. then someone you like a high-level rider, and uh, coming back, you know, first lap clearing all the jumps immediately, so you yeah. be comfortable from from the first corner and. Uh, uh, coming back with a huge grin on their face, and uh, you know, had one person who just uh, came back saying that I don't want to ride my my four stroke anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a believer in, in e bicycles. I ride an e mountain bike all the time, and I love it. And I, I was getting grief on the trails two years ago for riding an e bike, and I gotta say, oh, really? and I gotta say. Now I don't hear a word from anybody. Like it's very accepted in the mountain bike community to have e-bikes now, right? They're, they've helped keep shops alive. They've helped keep enthusiasts out there and all of that. And I think, you know, we talked about this when I saw the invite, uh, when I got the invite from you guys before, like you just got to ride one. You just got to get on one and try it. And maybe you don't buy a Stark. Maybe you don't believe in it. But to ride one is to, I think, be amazed and be like, this is really cool. So you got to get people to ride one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the the next big step. And we're planning to, um, I mean, of course, it's difficult to arrange test rides for everyone that wants to. Yep. But we're planning to bring the main medias uh, to Barcelona to try the bike in 
you know, not too long period to the time. So uh, we get some more outside perspective on it. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's important. And, you know, if you think about when we start delivering bikes, the first bikes that we deliver will be the demo bikes for the dealers. And uh, I think that's really when uh, you know, the general public will have the possibility to, to feel it for the mm -hmm. first time. And, of course, you know, the bikes that, that uh, the people that order the bike uh, first when we release it, they will also be the first ones to, to try it out. And I think there's going to be a huge interest um, uh, when they go through the track. Right. I, I would think so. And for dealers, I know uh, you guys were targeting Alta dealers uh, at first and because, and, you know, they understand it and they've had that base. What's been the reaction? Because you have a button on the website. Be a dealer. Click here. Like, what's that been like? Has <laughs> uh, that been a, yeah, is that been mean, a big hit? I mean, uh, so when we launched, we wanted to have a few dealers, but you know, we've been so busy with with building the bike that mm -hmm. I think we had two dealers when we did the launch. So, yeah. so that's you know, not so much, <laughs> which was basically you know just a couple of contacts that we, we knew from yeah. before. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so far we have had more than six hundred dealer requests, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we have now twenty thirty dealers uh, that we have you know, signed an agreement with, and. Uh, no, our ambition is to build, uh, you know, a very professional, find the best dealers uh, in in all over the world, and uh, make sure that um, you know we can service the market in the best way, which I really think is, you know, through uh, the best dealers out there. And you know, a lot of them have already applied, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, if if you haven't, and if you're listening to this and you're thinking about it, you know, you know, you're welcome to do it, and uh, we're happy to answer any questions and so on. Right now, I, I must also say that. We do not really have the capacity to respond to all the requests mm -hmm. because our sales organization is not really in place. We had a, the first person starting yesterday. Oh, uh, nice. We weren't, really, <laughs> we weren't really anticipating this kind of uh, uh, demand and requests from the market. So, so far, it's only a few of our senior advisors that have helped out um, you know, mm -hmm. to just get some of these guys uh, started. Right. Oh, wow. So, so um Look, this this bike is you know it's it's got an amazing capability. The battery life seems uh, extremely well. Uh, it's lightweight, KYB suspension, like all of this stuff. Like this on paper, this bike looks like a hit. But are you telling me that even knowing all of this and even knowing how good it was and having Tortelli on and all, like this has overwhelmed you a little bit? Would you say the response? Uh, I mean. Uh... You know, you don't do this unless unless you think it's possible. Right. You know, so so when we started, you know, we started from from nothing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the, in the living room, and uh, <laughs> you know that that's, you know, I, I believe that this was possible then, but I think the response is just much greater, much faster than what we expected, and you know, we were we have we had an idea of you know, how fast could the market transition to electric because I mean. I think it's clear the future is electric. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's performance perspective, it's better. It's easier to ride. Uh, it doesn't pollute. I mean, it's and even I mean in Europe they're forbidding gas engines. You know, for right. 12, 10 or fifteen years from now. So, so I mean, I think it's clear it's going to happen. Um, but it's, it seems that it's going to happen much faster than what we expected. So I, I mean, it looks like the Stark Varg is the best-selling motocross bike in the world uh, after six weeks. Yeah. I mean, right. that's, that, that's, uh, I didn't expect that. I have to be honest. Yeah, that's something <laughs> so to be really fantastic. proud of. We're super happy. Yeah, so, some... I mean, now the main challenge, yeah. I mean, scaling production, making sure we can deliver in time. Right, absolutely right. So that leads me to my ne one of my next questions for you. So, a lot, and, I'll, and I want to get dive into a little bit deeper of the genesis of this, but putting the bike together, 
you know, I, I imagine the battery technology that you have that you discovered that you guys have worked on was a big thing where, hey, we can do this. We can, you know, because that that is where the bikes, whether it's an e-bike or an electric motorcycle, battery technology is where it's going to succeed or it's going to fail, right? Um, what what have you discovered along the way in, in building this motorcycle that was maybe tougher than you thought it would be? Or what what was something that's come up along the way that you're like, we got to solve this, we got to work through it, that maybe you didn't realize when you were in the living room dreaming up the bike? Yeah, I mean, um, we did expect that we could use some off-the-shelf components when mm -hmm. we started. Um, I, I mean, I'm, we really thought, you know, there must be some motor that we could use and there must be some battery manufacturer who could put together a battery that could perform, you know, to our expectations. But, uh, I mean, really, we had to build everything from scratch. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we started from, you know, we bought all the best bikes in the market, you know, completely scanned them and analyzed them to understand the geometry, the flex of the chassis, the center of gravity, mm -hmm. uh, etc. in order to, you know, set the benchmark. How can we build a better bike? And based on that, we also combine it with the powertrain. How can we... You know, build that kind of chassis with an electric motor and a battery, so that it's, you know, still, or you know, a, a seriously light bike, a very lightweight yeah. bike that is easier to turn around than anything else. So that's also, of course, one of the tasks we had to achieve. And you know, in the end, we we always ended up for every single component that we had to develop it from scratch. So I mean, if you look at the bike today, I think the only thing that's you know off the shelf is obviously the tires. Mm -hmm. uh, the brakes are Brembo and Galfer. Uh, you know they, they know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, grips, yeah, and the throttle, I think, is also off the shelf. Okay. Yeah. But yep. I mean, everything else, I mean, we had to develop from scratch. Of course, suspension is Kayaba, so they helped us out with that. Yeah. Um, but you still got to make but, it fit uh, your. Yeah, you still got to make it fit your 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 pattern, your frame, and everything else. So yeah. Yeah, for yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, our our exact geometry, the you know the length and the fitments, mm -hmm. and uh, you know our uh, link linkage, uh, etc. You know, so um, yeah, that's the, the most difficult component was the battery. I think. Well, the most sophisticated one is the inverter, but yep. the battery is for us was uh, the most time consuming. Right. The battery is the real star of this bike, isn't it? Like when I look at the weight, because that's what these things are. They're heavy. You know, you look at e-bikes in general. And you look at the power that you're uh, going to put out, and you look at the length of time you can ride the motorcycle. The battery seems to be the superstar of this bike. Whatever you've discovered on this on the battery, right? Yeah, yeah, I really think so. I mean, we believe it's the most energy dense battery system in the world. The way that we have you know, integrated the cells directly into the magnesium case, mm -hmm. which also creates a, a direct heat path for every cell. Which is so. I mean, it's easy to stare yourself blind at kilowatts, uh, but you know what what really comes into play is efficiency so um, if you look at the gas bike it has you know a, a motocross bike maybe has 15 percent efficiency mm -hmm. you know whilst an electric vehicle has uh, you know can have 95 percent plus efficiency which is you know, a tremendous difference of course but you know we i believe the cells that we're using the way they're constructed a battery and everything and we have achieved incredibly high efficiency uh, which is one of the reasons that uh, the range is yep. really good yep so yeah, getting making it efficient and and getting rid of the heat is what yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah exactly not generating heat and getting right. rid of the heat that's created yeah right right um, when uh, 
so racing. I cover racing for a living, uh, supercross and motocross, and I'm sure this has been a big question for you. Now, the Alta definitely faced some uh, some obstacles along the way. They did the Red Bull straight rhythm. Um, you know, they were allowed in certain races, but and, and 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 truthfully, I work for Racer X. I thought MX Sports should have been more. Uh, even full disclosure, I work for Racer X uh, as a part time guy. I thought MX Sports should have uh, uh, allowed the Alta to compete at Loretta's and these things, and then adjusted the classes as it goes. You know what I mean? Like like see how they do, let them race. But there was some stonewalling of the Alta, uh, and I'm sure you're facing this when you talk to uh, in front or or the AMA or what whoever you've had early discuss- discussions with. How do we get the Stark into racing at the highest level? How are we going to do that, Anton? What's the plan? Yes, I mean, first of all, it is the plan. So uh, we want to compete in the MXGP and the AMA Supercross. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is important for us, you know, to prove our capability. So, so that is really the focus. How do we make it happen? We are talking to FIM. They seem very open to, to let us race. The French Federation has already changed the rules to allow electric bikes, actually. So it's happening in Europe. It's mm-hmm. happening in, in Italy, Sweden, Belgium as well. Uh, in the US, we are talking to AMA and Feld. So, uh, uh, I mean... Uh, we want to see it happening as soon as possible, and I think a good start could be to uh, you know have a wild card, uh, yep. do a race, yep. Yep. see what see what happens. Yeah. No points, right? And I think and I think people would really appreciate that because you know, what could be more exciting than seeing the first time a gas bike, gas bikes, and an electric bike is lining up with the best riders in the world at the same gate mm-hmm. to see what happens? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be great. You know, yeah. no, matter, no matter what happens, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, so, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a good. Well, well, like the Alta, you know, I mean, the the powers that be were worried about the Alta having advantages over the 254 strokes. And maybe they would have. Maybe it would have turned into an unfair advantage. But could we at least see? We never got the chance to see how that would go. And and I was always like, wait, wait, wait. Like, you know, they allowed the 404 strokes in, right? And and those things were much better. They were pulling all the starts. And and we kind of... We were like, oh, the the, the, the the cat is out of the barn or the what the chicken is whatever the saying is, Anton. I don't know what they say in Sweden but or Spain. <laughs> but so I get it, like, hey, we don't know where the Stark's gonna fit, but can we try? Can we see yeah. what's wh- where we're at, right? I agree. I mean that would be that would be fun, first of all, and that's the best way to know. And I mean then we can adapt. If we need to have a horsepower limit, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, let's have the same limit. If if a factory bike has uh, 75 horsepower or 80 yeah. or, or whatever it has, we can have the same. That's yep. fine. Right. That's right. fair. And um, I agree. Let's, let's try it. And for us, we're happy to you know to start riding in the open class. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think, I don't, I'm not sure the 450s really need more power. I'm not sure that's <laughs> right. Uh, right. So even, even if we have more power, you know, I'm not certain you can really use it. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit in the start. Yeah, that's where maybe Alta was uh, in the wrong spot because they were saying it's 254 stroke. So that's a CC limited class. Like you said, 450s, no one is adding more power. They're just trying to make them more rideable, right? So, yeah, yeah so yeah. you have a point there. So in your discussions with everybody, does it – You're I, I, from what you're saying, you're not getting stonewalled? You're not getting told no? You're, you're Are you seeing some open minds here? Uh, it's different. Some <laughs> open minds. <laughs> some open minds and some – a bit close. I think some of the manufacturers might be trying to stop this. Yep. Uh, so, um, but you know, I think in the end, the public is the one that makes the decision. So, if people want to see Stark racing, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, because, I mean, in, in the end, that's what the racing is for. Right, right. Uh, um, so... Uh, yeah, I I think I agree with you, right? Like that's that's what people want to see, and and you don't want to do Stark versus Stark races. That's not the idea here. I mean, that feels a little bit boring. I mean, it's, <laughs> we have this tremendous opportunity now yeah. to see, you know, what happens putting uh, old technology versus new. Yeah, and uh, why not do it? Uh, it looks like Honda may have something brewing too uh, on the electric side, right? I saw a little uh, uh, thing. They've had it for a few years, so maybe that's I think the it's ticket. The same. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, th I think you know, just analyzing that bike from pictures, mm -hmm. I think it's not probably not going to be able to compete uh, with with any of the gas bikes. Okay. Um, it looks like it's you know maybe I would okay I would guess here maybe twenty five horsepower and quite low battery capacity uh, just from what you can see. Yeah, in the pictures, just from yeah, yep. Uh, so um, I. I think I mean they're gonna race in this electric championship in I mean it's, it's a global one they mm -hmm. call the Explorer, but it's more versus you know smaller and electric bikes, which you know I think can be fun. I think it's gonna be great racing, but uh, you know it's just we have our eyes set on uh, yeah. competing with the gas bikes. Right. Uh, getting back to the orders too, is it sixty horsepower or eighty horsepower? What are you seeing people want? I mean, I'm I'm ordering the eighty if it's me because I can tune <laughs> I can tune this thing right. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, eighty percent are choosing eighty horsepower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll just run the uh, the phone on it and everything else. Um, someone exactly. was someone was telling me that this bike is going to be completely waterproof. Is that yeah? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you can just no problem, no no issues. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, you can ride underwater. I mean, you, I mean, you can't you can probably go too deep. So, right, but right. You can, but, but yeah, like I, I mean, I mean, you probably put your bike underwater sometime. I yeah, yes, absolutely. But I don't know how long I can go, you know, or how far no, I. No, but go. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, like it's quite common. Like if you're out trail riding or yeah. riding, like sometimes you just drop the bike in the river and right. Uh, right. You're, then you're stuck there for five minutes. <laughs> but here you're good. Right. Right. So the plan is to go racing uh, at some point. I love it. I, I hope we see that. I, I think, uh, you know, we have Beta, we have Triumph coming in. I think uh, the more options and more manufacturers coming in, the better for everybody, for riders and for the sport. Well, I think it's going to happen this year. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Um, so you're based in Spain. You're Swedish. You're based in Spain. Uh, the bike will be built in Spain. And my buddy, Sebastian Tortelli, who we had on the, the show shortly after the launch, uh, is lives in Spain as well. Was it that simple? Like, hey, Seb is in Spain. We're in Spain. Let's call Seb and do it. Or, or like, how did that come together? And how is it working with S Sebastian, who who I have the utmost respect for as a, as a human, as a rider and a racer. I absolutely love the guy. Uh, he's an all-time uh, champion to me. Yeah, I mean, he's a two-time world champion. I mean, that says a lot. So, um, no, I mean, if we look at how we want to build the team, we're always trying to find the best people within each area, if that's engineering, design, test riding, production, uh, quality, uh, communication, you know, we're always looking for the best people. And uh, I was uh, looking around in my network and I was recommended by uh, two different people to talk to Seb, and mm -hmm. uh, I did. And I, I think immediately, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He's very straightforward and, uh, you know, he knows obviously how to ride a motorcycle bike, but he also has the experience of developing bikes since mm -hmm. before. You know, he was part of developing the first Honda four-stroke, the first Suzuki four-stroke. And I mean, he's just been, you know, so helpful in in building this bike. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have him on the team. And uh, 
yeah, it is. Yeah. Not it, only a great rider, he's a great guy too. Yeah, and and the way he rides, if it's gonna break, he'll find it. He'll find it. Like uh, the way he rides, he's yeah. kind of a kind of an animal that way. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, someone told me he used to bend the handlebars without crashing. Yes. I mean, I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah, yeah, he used to. Uh, that was me. His mechanic was a good friend of mine, and the bars would be bent down after after a race, and you're just like, what? Um, so that'll work. Uh, Anton, you yeah. started you started with 24MX, uh, which is, you know, maybe the you're, Are you still owning that, or did you sell that? No, I have sold all my shares. Yeah. So I'm not involved in a company anymore. So you started 24MX, which is basically you know the leading European uh, online retailer. Um, going is this when you're at 24MX? Is this when you have the thoughts of of an e motorcycle, or does something happen at 24MX that 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 puts the light bulb uh, uh, in your head that I want to do this? What what where are you in life? What are you doing when you get the idea of I think we can do this? Electric is where I want to go. So, I mean, I've always been very interested in technology. So I started rebuilding motors and stuff when I was 12 years old, just, you know, tearing them down and putting them together and so on in, in the garage. And uh, actually, my first degree is as a motorcycle mechanic. So uh, I always, you know, had a strong interest for the technical side of it. Um, and I've been thinking about building electric bikes for as many years as I can remember, you mm -hmm. know, because it feels, feels so obvious. But... Why did I? Yeah, I mean, it, it started. I think I started getting a bit bored with twenty four hours. Okay, yeah. Because we were we were just doing the same thing over and over again. Like, in, we started three guys mm -hmm. uh, basically in a, in a garage and uh, uh, or well, not a garage, but something like that. And um, you know, we, we built it to like I, yeah, I think it's the world's largest online motocross store, even though it's mainly active in Europe. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, when you're just scaling, doing the same thing over and over again. Okay, one more market. Yeah, uh, adding one more brown, it just didn't get, didn't feel so exciting anymore. And um, and I've been focused my whole life on just trying to sell as much stuff as possible. So um, I felt I wanted to do something with sustainability as well. Uh, and and then I was you know able to, you know, combine that with my passion for motorcycles, technology, and uh, and sustainability. And you know, I'm now trying to transform this industry to. Uh, sustainable technology by developing products that are better than uh, those that exist today, or at least that's our ambition. Right. And what we believe we're doing. So, okay. So, are you? Did you? Were you a motocross guy growing up? Uh, were you in? Were you racing? Is that your background in motocross racing, or were you riding more enduros and 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 off road stuff? Uh, no, I mean not racing. I've been riding uh, motocross on pit bikes uh, since I was a kid. Okay. And, uh, you know, but just uh, for fun. So I, I think I've done. Maybe one race or so, okay. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know how to ride, but I'm not super fast. I enjoy it a lot. Right. I try to ride once a week, uh, which you know normally is not possible, but mm -hmm. try to go out as often as possible. And uh, no, I've just always been been doing it since I was I don't know ten or twelve or something like that. Right. Hey, motorsport.com, man. Go there if you need OEM on aftermarket parts. Free shipping on everything over seventy nine bucks. They got a dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out. They have great pricing. They have great shipping. They uh, they can handle everything, man, for you. So please uh, go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com, and we get a little bit of that. That helps us out. Uh, there's a whole partnership for Pulpamex Show. Uh, go to the tab on the bottom. You can see it. So we'll uh, we'll try to do our best to promote motorsport.com, and they uh, will do their best to service you with great prices 
and uh, great products. Uh, thank you to those guys. Koba Links as well. It's a lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. If you are shorter in stature, or your wife, your girlfriend, they don't quite have the same confidence on a motorcycle because they can't touch the ground. Koba Links will make you a lowering suspension link and uh, do it uh, uh, with style as well. So um, they can do that for your models. Any kind of thing, any bike you want. Uh, Pulpamex code is a code to save with uh, Koba Links and free shipping as well. Uh, built in Boise, Idaho. And use the link to save some money. All right, with Koba Links. Thank you to Renthal and Maxis. And, of course, the folks at Fly Racing as well. Let's get back to Anton Wass and Stark Motorcycles. Well, congrats on the success of 24MX. Yeah, building that up. Uh, yeah, they're huge. Uh, it was a big, big company. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess that, that, so you, you, and I, I've known a few people like yourself that grew a, a company into something massive, sold it. And yeah, some of those people, uh, you kind of go off the track a little bit, you know, you get a lot of money and you, you, you know, you don't have your day-to-day focus and day-to-day concentration on it. Were you right from selling it right into Stark, into that idea? Or did you sit back a few years and go, what am I going to do with my life? Like, you're young. You're, you still got lots to go on. Like, how did that transition go? I mean, I have so much energy. I need to keep myself <laughs> occupied. I, I actually, when, when I had decided to leave and I like, had a date, okay, this is my last date. Yeah. I was really, really worried. You know, what's going to happen? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So... So I never had any time off, thankfully. You know, maybe I would go crazy in you know, week one. So, yeah. uh, no, I like working, and uh, uh, I think I will continue doing that for many years. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you got to do something, right? You got to do something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it's good for you to just, you know, relax. Right. It's How- good to relax, but... Not too much. Yeah, not too much. How do you find so you you have a, a, a your lead engineers and your lead technicians uh, that help you develop this bike? Um, I believe one was from KTM, uh, another one was from maybe Beta. I believe uh, it's from a bunch of different yeah. companies, mainly the European ones. Right. How do you find these guys? Are they friends of yours? Do you sort of like something they did? Do they submit a resume? Like, how do you find your core group of guys, including Ben over there, uh, who's great at the uh, PR end of things, is a great, very nice guy. How do you find your core group of people? Is this something, do you know all these gentlemen from before and dealing in 24MX and being around, or, or are you seeking these guys out because you hear about them for different ways? I'm just interested in sort of your circle of, uh, of, uh, of advisors here. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's basically both ways, as you explained it there. But when when I decided to start a company, I wanted to do it, do, to do it together with someone else. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a partner, and I, I wanted to find a CTO for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started asking around. I think I met five people or so. And uh, eventually, I was fortunate enough to meet uh, Paul Saucy, who is my co-founder and the CTO of the business, um, who uh, previously worked with KTM. And um, yeah, he... He had similar dreams and okay. he decided to do it. And I mean, the rest of the team is uh, through various contacts of me and Paul and, uh, you know, comp- uh, people that we know just asking around and uh, being recommended to uh, actually our CEO who you know, has previously been a production and quality manager for several companies within the motorcycle industry was through one of our manufacturers who uh, recommended him actually. So um, yeah, it's through many different ways. And I mean, now that we are live, and people know about us. We have a steady stream of people applying and you know wanting to work with us. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah I was both ways. I'm excited to see this bike when it hits the shores and gets people to ride it. Um, what do you from yourself riding it and Seb and and the other people that, you, that has been fortunate enough to ride this? 
What do you hear from them? What's the what's the number one thing you hear from them? Like, uh, you know, I have a, a podcast show on a Monday night, and if people come in, uh, it's a four-hour, five-hour show, and every time someone new comes in, they take the headset off and they say, man, time goes by so quick when you're doing the show. That, I'm not telling you. I'm not kidding you. Anton, I hear that all the time. What do you hear all the time from people after they get off a of Stark Varg? What do you hear? Uh, I mean, the, the, I think the first thing that people are surprised about is how easy you adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So people expect it to be more different, you know, and then they figure out that when they jump it, you know, it feels completely natural in there and you know, it feels natural from the first corner. And Actually, I've, we've had a lot of comments from people that when they jump on the bike coming from a four stroke, for instance, it's one corner and you're used to it immediately. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then when you're, when you're jumping back, and actually Sub said this to me, the other day that you know, it takes a while to get used again to the gas and for me it's the same as well yeah, you know, yeah. so both let's say the, the pro level and an amateur once you stop using the gears you know you have a quite limited power band and, and the clutch and mm-hmm. when you try to get back to that <laughs> it takes it's really difficult so it's, it's I under, like it's easy to jump to electric but it's pretty difficult to jump back you go um, back yeah yeah, and then I mean, uh, people are surprised about the power. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very powerful. How lightweight it feels is often a comment as well. And uh, yeah, I think those are the most common ones. Yeah, uh, basically. I've got a. I got. I don't. I, don't know, I probably have five hours on an Alta in my life. So I, I've ridden okay. it. I don't know. If, I don't know if five hours is good or bad or whatever. And uh, I ride a Yamaha YZ450 myself. I, I think the Alta was amazing. I was blown away by it. I, I thought it was a really, really cool idea. It was uh, fun to ride. It was fun to ride. Uh, and so I think the e-bike thing, uh, the electric motorcycle, is going to be great. Um, I think it's it's awesome for people to, to try. What, did, what, what did you appreciate most with Alta? Um, I like the fact that, uh, you know what, it's heavy. It was heavy, right, the Alta? But it didn't feel heavy. So if your bike is is lighter than a four stroke, I can't. I think the weight might be the number one thing that I can. I can't wait to try, and see how that goes. The power, honestly, it hit harder than I thought. I wasn't used to how immediate the power was, and then of course the noise. That was maybe the funnest part was just not having any noise, just some chain slap, and that was it. Yep. You know, um, I thought it was just a, a really fun bike to ride. I had a, a smile on my face the whole time. So I imagine, you know, the, the, the Stark's going to be the same way. Let's see. Yeah. Let's make sure you get to try it soon. Yeah, no, absolutely. When, I, I don't want uh, to pin you down on this, or, or, but when, does, when, do bikes, when are bikes hitting U.S. shores for uh, the media to ride or the, the people who put their orders in early can get? I, I, again, if, I don't want to pin you down on it. Maybe you don't know exactly, but w- what are we looking at? So... We will arrange uh, some test days for media in Barcelona. So mm-hmm. we will invite uh, the main medias in the U.S. and around the world to, to come here and try it. Um, that should probably happen maybe end of April or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. Yeah. That's not a promise. Right. That's for Ben to confirm, uh, of course. <laughs> it's <laughs> all, it's, it'll, all, like that. it'll all be Ben's fault if it doesn't come together. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. Right, of right, course. right. Um, okay, and uh, then and uh, you know bikes in US. Um, yeah, not too long after that, we will have the first bikes available for you know some people to try, and mm-hmm. the first deliveries uh, are planned to happen from September. Yeah, wow, exciting. Um, do you have uh, already version 2.0 in your head? Do you have uh, uh, model different models in your head uh, of where you want to go with this? I imagine you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
of course. Right, right, right. So, um, so I mean, so I mean, in terms of, we think there's a lot of things that can be improved in a motocross bike, and if you look at a lot of the technology, it's it has been the same for so many years. Mm-hmm. So I think you know you can there will be massive improvements in things like, you know, just materials that reducing in different places, you know, suspension, brakes, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, we are also entering uh, other categories. So we are developing street bikes. Uh, we're also developing more off-road bikes. So um, right. there is a lot to come. Yeah, interesting, exciting. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be. It's going to be. Int- I, I want to see the race. I want to see you guys get into racing. As I said, I think that that's something that is the next step for fans to embrace and get on board with that. All the political end of things, though, Anton, that'll be interesting, and that's something that you're going to have to deal with. Uh, but I hope we see it, man. I really do. Yeah, but I mean, it's. I think if if they don't open the doors for this, someone else is going to do it. So if if you are, mm-hmm. you know, the leader in arranging races today. Do you really want to risk not being the leader in the future? You wow, know, because, yeah, yeah. because you have thousands of people you know, ordering this bike, so you're going to have thousands of riders that will want to compete on the amateur level. Uh, there will be competition on the highest level as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you are arranging the AMA Supercross right now, do you really want to have the risk of you know, that there's a different championship created that you know, could I'll compete you in five years. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. You know, better to uh, embrace new technology, see what happens, put mm-hmm. the right boundaries so that the gas and electric can compete against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And, and let's give it a try and embrace the technology and embrace the idea, and we'll adjust as it goes. Uh, why not, right? I mean, certainly uh, uh, you do want to be open-minded for sure. So, um. Anton Wass, uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Uh, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the success. I, I'm I'm super excited uh, to see this thing. I cannot wait. Um, and I think he, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be the next generation of um, of motorcycles. And it sounds like by the pre-orders, a lot of people agree. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. It's good to talk to you. No problem. Thanks very much. Uh, Good luck with everything. I know I'll be in touch with Ben uh, down the road. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.